Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. Here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Hope you're having a good day. Hope maybe it hasn't been as busy or hectic as mine. And also, I hope that you haven't been experiencing this terrible AT&T service that has knocked out uh, cell phone service for everybody in the Louisville area. If you are rolling with AT&T like I am, which uh, obviously has not helped uh, with my day. But now it's radio time, so I can put the cell phone aside and just focus on talking sports and other sorts of nonsense. And there is plenty to talk about today. Uh, we talked about American Pharaoh yesterday. We've got more to talk about him today because there is more news coming out about American Pharaoh. Uh, so we'll talk about that. There's some fantasy football news, Trevor. I know we've been really itching to talk more fantasy football. We're going to have a chance to do that today. Uh, the football UK football position-by-position position series will take a stop at the wide receiver position. A very, very important and in, in, I mean, maybe season-changing position for UK. If they perform well, I think Kentucky could be a, a very solid offensive team. If they don't, then it it will uh, it'll be it'll be a struggle for the Cats. So we'll preview that at the five o'clock hour. The plan is to have Rob Doster on today because it is Tuesday, and that's normally what we do on Tuesdays. Uh, with the lack of cell phone service, it's been hard to confirm that with him. But the plan is to have him on, and if we do, then obviously we'll talk college basketball. Kentucky got a new commit from, uh, obviously we talked about yesterday, from Isaiah Austin. Uh, the Sports Talker. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Presented by Allen Electric. Lock it up. <laughs> We're back to your second segment. Sports Buzz Sports Talker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP. For any electrical service, Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark, unlike some cell phones. I can't remember when the last time I had cell phone service today. It's very well, aggravating. I, I, it is. Not it is. Like, not to say like Hank Hill, but I tell you what. I have had I uh, mine went out around three, so I, it's uh, I've had it most of the day, at least from what I've noticed. Uh, I've been busy with some things, but then right before I was about to call some recruits, I noticed that my cell phone uh, was not working, and uh, I think you pulled your mic out. What's that? I think you pulled your mic out. What is that? What does that mean? You sound like you went through it. You sound like you're in a tunnel. Uh, I don't think I, there I changed. You go. I I don't think I changed anything, Trevor. Did you just move? You're free, you're free. Did, now I'm 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 out of sorts because of the cell phone stuff, and I'm a little paranoid. And uh, you're, you're not making me feel any what, better. Why you're paranoid? Are you paranoid because you think like, the government's like uh, stalking you with this no service thing? No, not uh, no. But I'm I'm paranoid that everything else is going to fail, and uh, I won't. I'll be without internet, without cell phone, and then I'll I'll have nothing to do with my life. What? what oh my lord! What would you do? No internet, um, no cell phone. I mean, you just described the first twenty-six years of my life. That sounds awful. It was actually. I don't want to go back to it. 
Sounds awful. But uh, so far, everything's everything's a go. And again, we should have Rob Doster on to talk Humphreys in the second segment of what it means for Kentucky. I don't think we will we will disagree as much on Humphreys as we did with Jamal Murray. But Everyone I guess time loves Humphreys. Time, time will tell. What's going on in, in Trevor Land? <laughs> uh, not a lot of uh, major interest. Um, slow Monday night, a little wrestling, uh, ran some errands. Um, then I uh, actually fell asleep. I hadn't had a chance to watch Ballers this week. I'm a little disappointed. Back, uh, I'm falling behind a little bit. I'm two weeks behind on Ray Donovan as well. Maybe kind of saving him up. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, I watched a little, I watched some of the uh, Blue Jays game yesterday. Even though it was a one o'clock game, I watched some. I watched rewatched a little bit of it on uh, on the internet machine. There is, and that's about it, really. Then today I came in and had no cell phone reception and was just doing some audio work. That sounds like a nice uh, a nice little Monday night and, and Tuesday for you. Not not a lot to get the uh, engine revving, but you know it got me it got me through the, the day. All right, there's a few things I want to get to today that are that that we won't spend a ton of time on, and I'm I'm trying to figure out where to map those out on the show. But let's just start with this one. Uh, Sunday Best will be performing a concert near Gate One at four o'clock on September 5th before Kentucky's home opener against Louisiana Lafayette with a renovated Commonwealth Stadium, uh, assuming that it's done in time, and, and they're saying that it will be. Again, I'm skeptical, but I'll, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but they'll have Sunday Best do the concert at 4 o'clock. They're going to have other festivities. Uh, I, I guess maybe the, the concert will be a, a little bit before 4 o'clock because they want it leading into the catwalk, and the catwalk's around 4.30. So it might be a little bit before 4 o'clock. Um, so with that, with, with that going on, uh, then they're going to lead into around game time. They're going to have uh, different choirs, uh, different singers of choirs throughout 120 counties. There's 120 counties in Kentucky. If you didn't know, I know and they'll that sing star trivia and, and they'll know the, the, uh, they'll, they'll sing the national anthem and they, the U S army parachute team, the golden Knights will deliver the game ball. Uh, before the game so they, they've got a few things planned um there's uh, what else do they have they've got some other they're gonna also have some a other football special game guests. they're gonna they're gonna have some other special guest singers and then ultimately yes trevor this will all lead into the football game what again i know this is probably news to you but what's your initial reaction of kentucky really making a day out of the new renovated commonwealth stadium and giving the fans things to do all day that saturday honestly the first thing that stuck out to me was should I know who Sunday Best is? Because I don't. Uh, if you and I are friends, you should. <laughs> I didn't really. I didn't know we were friends. I never get an invite to Trivia Monday. What did I see well, on Facebook? That, so, that's uh, a that's a that's another thing I need to talk. That's another little. Again, I said that there's a few things we need to touch on here in this first segment that we wouldn't spend a lot of time talking about. Remind me to tell you about trivia because I, I got to pose a question to you to see where you stand on something. Okay. Uh, but no, Sunday Sunday Best is. Uh, they're a, they're a country bluegrass band. They were all born and, and raised in eastern Kentucky. Okay. They, they sing a lot about Kentucky, amongst other things. You should play them on the on the outro songs today. I've, I've already got one loaded up and ready to go. You've you read uh, my mind. They're they're good. I really I really do like them. I'm not a like we've talked about on the show. I'm not a huge huge music guy, but they're one of the uh, the bands and albums that I've actually purchased on my phone. I do like Sunday Best, uh, but beyond. Uh, 
not realizing that I was hip and cool with what was uh, new in the uh, local music scene of Lexington and Eastern Kentucky. Uh, I, I mean, I like the whole promotion thing. I mean, you're opening up the re- renovated new stadium. It's almost the closest you're going to get to having a new stadium in, in terms of football at Kentucky, probably in basketball too. But you never know. I guess things, some some things will happen eventually. So, I mean, yeah, throw, throw out the red carpet. I mean, why not? You're, you're supposed to be coming into a new era of football to begin with. Not yep. only do you have a new stadium, you're coming off, despite a five and six season, a productive year that, following what was pretty much seemed like the back to the basement of Kentucky football. It stoops as this is a breakout year for him. I mean, yeah, just do, do it all. Make it fancy. Five and seven, but not to split hairs. Sorry, yeah. No, it's okay. I was, I, uh, I, I was trying to be nice. That sounds like something I would correct you on to be to not be, as you would say, not clever. Well, there's sometimes there's listeners that listen to shows and they'll hear somebody get a fact wrong and they'll go crazy and shoot down the entire credibility of the show. So yeah, well, uh, I'm just I'm looking out for those guys. Tell them good luck. I didn't have any credibility to begin with. <laughs> I'm looking out for those guys. Uh, no, but this is you, you, again. You're right. Of I've been I saying. I've been saying you're right way too much, which I'm not not crazy about. But this, you're, you're seeing Kentucky football make a change, and if they hadn't done this, if they hadn't pulled out all the bells and whistles for this first game, it would have been a little bit different than what they've been doing since Stoops took o- over. You saw when Stoops uh, took over, they made a big spectacle of it. They opened up uh, the Nutter practice facility and had – the marching band there and really rolled out the red carpet for him had balloons that made it a big a big to do and ha- let him give a speech kind of a the, his state of the football program and which way it's going to go and they've really made signing day a big deal at, at UK they're trying to make UK football a year around thing not just oh well it's fall what else do we have to do let's let's check out what UK football is doing they're trying to make it coexist with basketball instead of being the very very small redheaded stepchild and i i think that's smart and they're doing everything that they're doing that's a new beginning in some sort of way they're pulling out all the stops for so i'm glad to see that they're going to make that saturday a day-long celebration a day-long festivity sunday best isn't the uh the beatles but it is a uh it's a very popular band amongst People in Kentucky, and, and, and I know a lot of U.K. fans like them, and I know a lot of Louisville fans like them. So to have them perform, I think, will be good. It'll, it'll get fans engaged, get fans pumped up. It's not You're not playing Louisville the first game of the season. You're not playing a, an SEC opponent. It should be an easy win, but, but they're still doing all these little things, Trevor, to make that game day atmosphere that much better, to get fans excited and show that there is a commitment to football uh, they do care about it, both on the field, off the field. So I think this is um, a, a smart move on their part. Now, if I'm a, if I didn't have to work and I was a Kentucky fan and could make a day out of it, would I go? Probably because I do like Sunday best. Uh, but also, it, it, it's the first Saturday of, of college football. I know a lot of fans want to just watch college football and then go and, and check out UK play. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how the crowd turns out. I imagine it'll be pretty good. But like I've said, like I've said all along, Trevor, it's very very important that UK sells out this game, and it seems like they're going to be doing whatever they can to make sure that it is a sellout. At this point, though, is it? I mean, does this tell you that they their confidence level and the fact that this stadium will be officially done for opening day? I mean, do you really want to put out the red carpet and bring in, bring out your not to use a bad pun, but you bring out your Sunday best? For, for a stadium that's not completely uh, finished? 
Uh, yeah, you know, that's a that's a good point. Now, again, all they're saying, and I've been keeping checks on it and making sure that nothing has drastically changed, although as if they would tell me something secretive. Uh, but all along, they probably they've tried been to call you today and your service was out. That must be it. Uh, they're saying that it should be finished. They they don't see why it's not. The weather has start, is starting to cooperate better than it has throughout most of the spring and summer. Uh, but with that being said, there still might be a few things here and there that you don't see that isn't finished that won't be 100% complete. Uh, that, but all of it is is small things, or at least that's what they're telling me, is that it's small things uh, that that won't change the atmosphere or the experience for Kentucky fans. So time will tell, I suppose. I, again, I, I took that tour, Trevor, and you heard me say, there's a lot of stuff they need to do. Uh, but they still have just a little over a month. It'll be a month tomorrow. That's a lot of time to get things finished. And as long as the as long as the weather cooperates, they're gonna have they're gonna have plenty of time to to make things happen. But it is it will be it will be a fun Saturday. You hope the weather holds up for that Saturday in a month, and and Kentucky fans can uh, sell out that game and and really show the give kind of can UK athletics a pat on the back for making UK football more exciting, more fan friendly, and a and a better overall atmosphere. And then there's the whole uh, little hurdle of winning the game, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll, even though you're giving that, me 31 points, I think that would be. Uh, that would be a bummer if they 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 were ended up uh, they ended up being upset. I doubt that happens though. But uh, would you be still upset if even it's a close game, like a, maybe a seven or ten point game? Would that still, I think would that, you still I, walk I, away I, from that negatively thought? I think if it was a seven or ten point game, I, I do think that would not be a good thing. I think that'd I be. I think uh, there there would be some negativity around the football program, and I think that would be deserved. I think Kentucky fans are really excited about this season. Not not really excited, but I think they're excited. There's optimism. Uh, there's things to like about this team. And if they don't come out and, and, you know, they don't have to be up by 30 points at halftime against Louisiana Lafayette. But if they're kind of going back and forth and having trouble scoring and kind of can't put the game away by at some point in the fourth quarter, I, I wouldn't blame Kentucky fans for being upset and – worrying about the outlook of the season i think they would have to change everybody's expectations and uh, there there would be some of the the buzz would be lost but uh, we're, we're going to talk no one likes it, it when you lose a buzz no you don't and we're going to talk about uk football specifically on the field with the wide receivers at the five o'clock hour for our daily position preview yesterday we talked running backs last week we talked quarterbacks uh, wide receiver uh, is today and i look forward to talking about that what uh, what are some of the other smaller things that I wanted to get to? I guess let's do that. Let's get to there's there's some of the things we're just gonna have to wait till after the five o'clock hour. Uh, but Trevor, so we were we were playing trivia last night. Yeah, and, w- and one of our friends got there uh, a little bit late. Out of and he wasn't, time. He he wasn't really playing with us, uh, and, and we were going into the last question in second place. But we I don't what, the the mood wasn't wasn't right for whatever reason we weren't having as much fun uh i I don't i don't really there wasn't as many teams in tin roof the the atmosphere wasn't as great and we've we've switched around in st matthews where we go for trivia trying to find a a home and i'm not sure we've we found one yet Uh, but there wasn't many teams it just wasn't as good as time but we went into the last question in second place you have to wager it's kind of like final jeopardy 
for the last question. You have to wager points. If you get it, you get it. If you miss it, you lose those points. We wagered twenty. It was um, it was the uh, you have to you had to rank things on a time or you had to put things in a timeline of earliest to latest, and it was like four things. Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember it so I can say it to you to see if you could get it. But anyway, so one of our buddies got there late, and he wasn't really participating in trivia. And he was he was looking up the answers on his phone, not to give to us, but just so he knew, just so he wa- he wanted to know after we had submitted an answer, he could tell us. And another not team, that the person uh, doing the answer, the uh, not the, the the leader of the uh, the trivia game wouldn't tell you if you're right or wrong, though. What do you mean? Well, he, he says he's looking him up to tell you if you're right or wrong after you well, answer. I mean, you could you, you you get two songs, so you and you don't need eight minutes to figure out a trivia answer. Yeah. So you don't find out that answer for eight minutes. So he just wanted as soon as we turned it in to come back and say, "Yeah, you're right, okay. or you're wrong." Uh, but uh, solid question. Keep keep them coming. Huh. So we're sitting there and we're thinking it's we're at a big big booth where you're really disconnected from one end of the table. And this other team that was turning in their thing, this tough guy comes over and looks. You referred to him as a tough guy. Yeah, he, okay. I mean, he's just kind of—he was, was bigger set and just a little kind of heavy. And he leans into our booth and basically crawls into the booth and looks at our buddy's phone and says, "Oh, so you guys been looking up answers the whole time? That's how you're playing?" And then just walked at, just walked away. Did he ask now, if he can dance with your dates? On the one hand. I understand why that would bother a team. You know, we don't like other teams cheating because you know we we don't cheat. Wait, but you cheat all the time by texting me. I don't. That's you. You know how many times you have gotten questions in before we have. None of that is timely. Well, text me quicker. None of that is timely, Trevor. I just sometimes I want to see if you know it because it's a question that I think you would know. Gotcha. And I probably did. And. So I understand why people don't like other teams cheating. Uh, there's like 30 tin roof bucks on the line or however much it is. Uh, but is that a fair or foul move, Trevor? Is that a is that something that people should do or is that kind of an invasion of privacy and the guy kind of I, I lean towards he needs to get a life and not not worry about that stuff. Did he did he did he turn you into the tin roof officials? Uh, no. No. He 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 did not. Uh, and we ended up coming in third, which was a, a pitcher of beer, and we were all leaving anyway, so nobody even drank. Nobody drank it. Um, we got the question wrong and ended up coming in third. So, but I'm I'm wondering is that a is that is that something that you should do? Should you call out cheaters like that, or do you not be a tattletale? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if he. I don't wouldn't call him a tattletale since he didn't turn you in. But I mean, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, I don't know if there's. I think it would be crossing a line to just kind of sneak into a booth and or just slide into a booth with people you don't even know and be like, oh, hey, look, you're looking at your phone. You must be cheating. And then walk away. I mean, to not know you, if it was somebody like a buddy and just was just like tongue-in-cheek and say, I'm on another team and I walk by and I see you on your phone and I make a little comment. I mean, mostly. Yes, that's, I, I think that's okay. But if I, I don't know you, yeah, that's kind of weird a little bit. I, I think it's if you don't know somebody and you go by a team and you're walking by a table and you see a group of people on their phones – you can joke and be like, "Hey, you guys aren't cheating, are you?" And that's going to send the message across, like, "Hey, put your phones away." Yeah, but I mean, but, this, this guy's like the equivalent of walking up to someone's random table in another restaurant and, and like just grabbing a couple onion rings off their their plate and be like, "Oh man, these tastes good." And just keep walking. The, I mean, you don't know the guy. What's what, what the hell is he? 
And the fact that he, he, and it wasn't just like he leaned over or said something. I mean, he really got in the booth and like looked at what my buddy was looking up on his phone and then called him out. It was, uh, it'd been funny if your buddy was looking at porn. <laughs> that, that would have been concerning if he was. I, uh, I guess it would have been funny, but it would have been concerning. You're not, you're but not, you're not a mobile porn guy. I, I, I Trevor, what are you doing, man? I'm just asking, just a curious question. So that that kind of ruined the experience too. Uh, I I wouldn't have been happy if somebody had done that to me. I would have probably told them to mind their own business and to get the hell away from me. Uh, but since it was him, he didn't say anything, and it was just kind of awkward. And he he felt bad about it, and I, I didn't. It it made for kind of a, a a poor experience. And I guess their team was doing really bad because they left right after that. They didn't hang around to hear the the final answer. I don't know uh, if I'd me... have said something. I might have just given him a look because I don't. I would have been almost kind of been a sub. I don't want to say shock, but a little surprised that somebody would actually like sit down, and just like look into my lap as I'm holding my phone. I I definitely would have said something if it was me. Um, I mean, he did catch him looking up answers. Again, he didn't know the whole situation. But I, I'm trying to think that's, of That's it, not uh, the point, though. The point is he just made himself comfortable at a booth with people he has no idea who they are and, yeah. and made an assumption. Uh, let me – let me. I'm trying to think of – so I, I don't remember the exact questions, but I kind of know the gist of them. You had to rank when these things happened – Earliest to latest, and let's see if you can get it, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, a little trivia, a little trivia earlier After in the week. last week's Thursday, I need all the redemption I can get. One was when the Goonies came out. You don't have to say the year; you just have to rank them amongst themselves. Nineteen eighty-five, anyway. One was when the Goonies came out. Two was when uh, Ozzy Osbourne, when he took over Black Sabbath or left Black Sabbath. I don't remember which one. Either I think one it was, was before Goonies. He left Black Sabbath in 79. He formed I think them. it was when he left Black Sabbath. That had been 79. What were what were the other ones? Uh, when the guy before Pat Sajak retired from uh, Wheel of Fortune. Ooh, that's... I can't remember when that would have been. That would have been 80s, but I don't remember when. And then what was the last one? I don't, I don't remember the last one. I like how you start talking slowly and almost near syllables. I'm trying. Well, I was trying to think. Like listening to Jim Rome show. Trying. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think, but I, I I can't come up with the last one. If it hits me later, I'll... well, right now I would go. I would go uh, in order uh, first to the latest. I would say uh, Ozzy leaving, uh, Sajak replacing, and Goonies uh, hitting. Oh, it, it was when Bear Bryant died. Oh, that would be the last one. Bear Bryant died in '90. Uh, I think. I don't think he died in ninety. I, I and I don't to be honest, I don't even he remember. He died two months after he retired. I know that. Not we, even that maybe. It, it was in the eight that was in the eighties. I think all of them were in the eighties. I'm, I'm pretty sure. All of them were in the eighties. And I wanna say the only I, one I, I know for sure is Goonies, because one, I love Goonies very much, and two, I watched it on uh Sunday afternoon. You're oh man, he did die in eighty three. I thought he died in the late eighties. Yeah, I think that I think it I, I don't I don't remember exactly where they where it all happened. Uh, we need to head a commercial break. We hope to have Rob Dosser of NBC Sports on when we come back. If we uh, do uh, not, nineteen seventy nine, Ozzy left, uh, left left Black Sabbath. That's when he left Black Sabbath. Yeah, April twenty seventh, a day uh, well, almost one year exactly before I was born. I was born April twenty sixth, eighty. He left on April twenty seventh, seventy nine. Interesting. Okay. 
Well, uh, hope to have Rob Doster on when we come back. If not, it'll just be Trevor and me. But stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Till we start picking and singing Home sure sounds good today service and uh it's it almost seems like the beginning of a, a batman movie um speaking of of movies we seem to disagree on most of them joined by rob doster nbc sports rob how's it going it's going man it's going wait so what happened you don't get cell phone service in louisville anymore supposedly at&t's out and now verizon may be out and, and something fishy's going T-Mobile's on t-mobile's out t-mobile's out how is how does that happen how does that happen i, I don't know I don't There's know. There's probably some like I, I, terrorist bomb threat, and they had to shut down all the uh, all the the phone companies or something. Man, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, Rob. Because when terrorists attacked, they circled Louisville, Kentucky as their number one destination. Yeah, exactly. Well, they we do Fort Knox is here, so there's no gold in Fort Knox. Uh oh, here we go. Here we go. So rumor uh, sources <laughs> tell me, Rob, that you were watching Ballers before you before you got on the air today. Yes, I was. Called I show was, prep. I was. How did you? Uh, what did you? What? What? Where do you stand with ballers? It, dude, it's so bad. It's so yeah, so bad. Yeah, thank like, you. It's, they're, we, they're we've got something we agree it, on. They're trying to make it like entourage, but the acting is horrible. Like nobody in the show is remotely likable. Like everything seems so forced. They're trying to make the agent be like. The new Jeremy Piven, and he's not. Like, he's not funny. Jeremy Piven was awesome. This dude is just like, come on, man. And yeah. The Rock, like, like what, what is the point? Like, is he broke? Does he actually not have any money? Like, what's going on there? I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. It's bad. It's bad. It's not good. It's bad. It is. It's not good. It's bad. You can tell when they were doing the show, they said, okay, uh, Entourage is kind of going to be our background. That's what we're going to strive for, but with a more sports-related theme the rock you're gonna carry us you're a badass former football player that has everything figured out but you're right there's so many of these other little storylines that don't really seem to make sense or matter they're not uh, interesting either like like if you're gonna do something like that you gotta at least make those other storylines somewhat interesting they're not they're awful yeah Rob, how They're long not, do you go? Everything with the, about this show is awful. Rob, how, how long are you gonna go with it? Then you're watching it, the, the episode this week. Do you go through the rest of the season and tap out, or you just quit now and just you know take your losses? I mean, I'm I'll, I'm probably just gonna leave it on and, and keep watching it as you know like background noise because I mean, what else do I have to do during the day? So I might as well watch it. But it's just like I'm not gonna enjoy. It. I'm gonna make a point I, to like specifically not enjoy it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of pot committed at least for this season, and then even next season it, it comes on at such a slow time. I might still watch it. Rob, do you watch the leftovers? No, I haven't. Is it good? 
it, it, if you started watching it right now and you and next week, let's say you got five episodes in before next week and we talked again, you would you would hate me for making you watch five episodes. But the end gets really cool and it's really weird and different. Uh, it's a different type of show. It, it doesn't. It really leaves you confused after every episode, but anxious to come back and watch more of it. Uh, and I'm pretty excited for this second season that starts here in about a month or so. But I, yeah, you should give it a shot if you've got nothing else to watch. But yeah, if I if I have to watch Ballers, and I might as well watch whatever you're talking. What is it? The Leftovers. Yeah. Maybe I will you, give I, it a shot. I can tell you this much: it is significantly better than Ballers. Now, I'm not saying it's the best HBO show ever, but it's interesting. the The premise is that just well, like Ballers this, is the first. It's the first like correct opinion I think you've ever had in your life on anything. So like <laughs> maybe you're on a hot streak now. Maybe you're like Jamal Murray trending up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh. But the the premise of Leftovers was really cool. Just 2% of the population just went missing just like that. And supposedly it's supposed to be based on Revelations and the Bible. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. So Is uh, that the one That's the one where they have the ads and all it is is just like people lined up on the street and, and parked, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. All right, so maybe I will start watching that. Because that, that does yeah. look kind of cool. Give it a shot, but uh, we brought you on to talk a little basketball. More UK news. Uh, there's another edition uh, on this, or likely another edition, although it's not official through UK. Isaac Humphreys looking to reclassify and, and join Kentucky for the 2015-2016 season. What do you make of this news? What can Humphreys bring to Kentucky? Good thing, bad thing? Where does Rob Doster stand on this? I mean, it's obviously a good thing. They, they need front court bodies more than anything. And um, I don't think he's, you know, he's not a typical Kentucky big man. He's not the guy you think of when you think of, you know, the front court players that John Calipari has kind of turned out. Like, he's not Carl Towns. He's not Anthony Davis. He's not Nerlis Noel. He's none of these guys. I think he's probably, like, if you're going to compare him to someone that UK has had recently, I think that, you know, Dakari Johnson is probably the closest comparison you can make. You know, big guy, all seven feet, strong, good rebounder soft touch around the rim. I don't know how quick he is. I don't know how explosive he is. Um, but, you know, at the very least, he's going to be able to provide Kentucky with, you know, five fouls and a seven-foot body out there. And, you know, that's not something that they had before this. Uh, you know, there are rumors that Ty Wingard is going to end up enrolling in December. Um, and, you know, he's another guy that, you know, can kind of play that role. I think the biggest thing, though, for me, the biggest thing is that Humphreys now provides insurance. Like, I don't think Skull Lebissier is going to end up being ineligible. I just don't. I find it very difficult to believe that John Calipari would recruit a kid that he didn't. He was 100 percent certain that he could get through clearinghouse. Um, I do think that there's a chance that Skull can miss games early in the season, kind of similar to what happened with John Wall back in what was that, 2009, 2010. Yep. I think he missed two games at the start of the year for impermissible benefits or whatever. I think he had to pay back like 800 bucks or something. I don't know. I can see something like that happen with Call, um, and if they do, uh, if the NCAA does kind of ding them for a couple of games, I think having Humphreys on the roster means that they're going to have a seven footer and a low post presence uh, available to them. And you know, I think more than anything, that's important because obviously Kentucky plays so many good teams in the non-conference this year. I think like their, what is it, their third game of the year is the Champions Classic, and then yeah. I think they go through a stretch. Uh, what is it, like seven or eight games in the season where they play four top 25 teams or something like that. So 
Um, at the very least, I think this may it ensures that there's going to be a center on the roster when Kentucky plays. Um, you know, assuming assuming that this is efficient and, and you know everything that we've been told is accurate. Yeah, and again, don't expect this news through UK to be official as Humphreys is still finishing up some classes to make sure the the switch can happen. He's got to obviously pass those classes. So it may it may be a little bit before we officially know if Humphreys will be on the roster and and John Calipari and UK can talk about them. Although Calipari hinted uh, with a lot of certainty that it seemed that another it, addition it, was it, going to happen. It's happening. This, it, yeah, I was told in like early last week that this was going to happen and, and to be aware of it. So it's not you know it, it, it's it's done. They just have to make sure that it you know actually gets done. If that makes sense. Yeah, and, and there's been rumors about Humphreys reclassifying for a while, but once he was on campus, I I think, and the the rumors that he would visit campus, I think it was pretty clear that uh, this this was going to happen. But that's why you don't have UK talking about it just yet. I think it's a, a, a smart move from Kentucky, not only to have some insurance in case something happens with Lebissier for foul trouble reasons, for later in the season, just to have some extra depth, for all those reasons, but I think the biggest one, Rob, is that in 2016, 2017, there doesn't seem to be, uh, first off, a lot of 2016 recruits that are big, powerful, bruising centers. And the the few that there are, Yudoka Azabuki is one that really comes to mind, but the few that are, it doesn't seem that Kentucky's in a great spot with some of those recruits. And they're going to need some help on the front court, not this season, but next season. And if you get a year of Isaac Humphreys to improve, to grow, to get his body right, and to get some experience, I think that's the biggest draw of this is basically you could get a sophomore Humphreys that could potentially be one of the better bigs in the country. I won't go as far as saying the best big in the country, but maybe one of the better bigs in the country because his size is – you can't coach that. Yeah, and you know, I think that's that plays a big role in trying to get Winger onto the roster as well too. Um, you know, he's he's another guy who I believe the way it works in New Zealand is that they're on a different schedule, so like his high school career is basically done in December, which means that he kind of have have like six months to kill. I think it's what they were trying to do with Dante Exum, um, the kid from Australia who was, I believe, with the Jazz now, right? He was the yes. fifth pick in the draft. They were trying to get him to enroll early. Um, and basically spend, you know, three months on campus before he went pro. But, you know, I, I don't I don't believe that either Winyard or Isaac Humphreys are one-and-done recruits. I don't even know if they're guys that are going to be able to declare for the NBA early. I think that they could end up being, you know, kind of three- or four-year guys. I just I don't think that they're built like NBA superstars. And if you look at the trend for where the NBA is going these days, you know, the people that are – Seven foot and slow aren't really a priority anymore. You're looking for those six foot seven, six foot eight wings that can play multiple positions. You know the the kind of Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green mentality. So, um, you know, I, I think that this. I think you're exactly right. I think this is kind of a long term investment. And you know, when you can get those guys on campus earlier, I, it, it's he's going to get. La Lumiere is a really good program, but he's going to get better at Kentucky than he would get spending another year in high school. Yeah, and when you're the the talk is if he comes early, he could potentially redshirt. Um, I I think it's kind of silly to redshirt a player that is coached by John Calipari. One because either they're going to leave early, or two if they're not going to leave early, then they're probably not going to be that good of a player. That or they're going to lose 
some of their playing time will be taken away later in their career, so you might as well just get them in and out. Uh, and I do think that Winyard could be a guy that would be three or four years. Humphreys, with his size, if he could have a good sophomore year and put up decent numbers, somebody's going to take a chance on him because he is just such a, a big body. But it will be interesting to see. And I think did, we both agree. Did Zakari end up getting drafted? He was a late second round pick, right? Did he he, he did end up getting drafted, yes. Yeah, so if if Zakari if got drafted, then I think that you, know, I mean, you can see Isaac Humphreys potentially getting drafted. Although, one, the one thing to remember with Humphreys is that he was a top 35 ish, top 40 ish recruit. Um, in his in the class of 2016, before he yep. reclassified, Takara Johnson was a top ten kid. Like, yeah, he was a lot more highly regarded, and that's not to take away from Humphreys necessarily, because you know a lot of the stuff that he's done well and the times when he's played his best have not been at recruiting events and and things of the like. Like it was the I think it was the U17 World Championships where he really shot. He, he averaged yep. like 19 and 11 with three and a half blocks or something. Yep. Where he just kind of dominated the competition. So. Now, I think that's one thing to keep in mind is that um, Humphreys may be similar to Dakari Johnson, but he's in, entering college. He's nowhere near as highly regarded as Dakari Johnson. Was. And you're, you're and spot on about thing, that. You know, he doesn't have the pressure. He doesn't have the pressure on him. And you know, I think that's one thing that people kind of overlook when talking about kids going to Kentucky. Is that now, if you go to Kentucky and you spend two years there, you're kind of considered a bust, especially if you're like a top fifteen recruit. Um, so I think that not having that kind of pressure on them is, is you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing uh, in yeah, the long it, run, at least for the kid. And he, he does have a ways to go. I, I think anybody expecting him to come in and be like another John Calipari big is going to be sadly, uh, have, you know, sadly mistaken because he's, he's not going to have that quite, that, that same impact from day one. I, I watched him play, I've watched him play a few times, and one time was in Paducah. And he wasn't all that great. He made a few nice moves, but for his body, you would have wanted to see him do a little bit more. And I had an assistant coach of a, a school that would never really have a chance at getting him say, ask me if there's any way in hell that Kentucky was actually recruiting this kid. And it wasn't his best game, but he does have a ways to go. It, you know, it does kind of speak to uh, he isn't as polished as he needs to be, but I do think if you're thinking a year ahead, and the way that John Calipari has developed some bigs, and of course he's had much more talented bigs than Humphreys, uh, he could be a completely different player then. But it'll be it'll be fun to watch him progress. You don't get a lot of that with Kentucky guys. Uh, with that being said, let's let's move on. Louisville playing in uh, they're they're playing in a preseason tournament. And they're going to play against uh, I think maybe the Puerto Rican national team or their B team, uh, and they'll be down in the Bahamas. What what do you what do you want teams to take away from these preseason trips? You get to take one once every four years. UK took theirs last year. I think that was a big part of why they were able to to start the year undefeated like they did is because it wasn't their first time playing together. They meshed. What do you think teams need to take away from these trips uh, so they can hit the ground running at the start of the season? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is it's just a chance to work out and practice with you guys and, and put in offense and put in defense and kind of go over all the little things that take up so much time in the preseason. Um, you know, it, it, it's when you're a freshman and, and, and when you're a guy transferring into a new program like Damian Lee, there, there's so many new parts of Louisville. The thing that makes us so valuable is that Rick Matino has access to, what is it, 10 practices before they go on the trip and then a week-long yep. trip. So he basically yes. has three weeks worth of preseason to kind of implement what he wants on this team. 
And then not only does he have that in their mind, that now when they go and play pickup, when they practice, when they go five on five, you know, when they're doing their captain's practices and team scrimmages and all that, they can run the stuff that Rick Pitino wants them to run during the season. So it's not only that they are able to get this access earlier and, and have a little bit extra time with the players, it's that then the players have two months to basically, you know, do what they will with all the stuff that, that has already been put in. So I think it's, you know, uh, more than anything, I think it's just a chance to kind of get with your guys and kind of get stuff in earlier. And, you know, I, I, I've, it would be interesting to do a study to see um, just how successful teams are when they play in these, you know, preseason trips and, and, and you know, go to places like Italy or, or Puerto Rico or, or the Bahamas like Kentucky did and, and see if they end up being better because I have a feeling that they do. But the one, the one downside that I don't think it's mentioned enough is that Kentucky ended up having, what did they end up being, like basically a seven-month seven month season, eight-month season. Um, I think that, you know, did that weigh on their legs a little bit? Were they a little tired by the end of the NCAA tournament? I don't know. It's, it's something interesting to think about. But, I mean, overall, I think it's going on these trips is unquestionably a good thing for, um, for these teams. Now, it sounds like you've got your next uh, article written, figuring out which teams have gone on trips in the past and how it translated to their season success. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be asking Trevor to do the math on that. Oh, yeah. The NBC could be looking for a new employee if you let Trevor. I've been in calculators, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) And and also, I I guess last question before we let you get out of here, and we're talking with Rob Doster, NBC Sports. Is you you touched on how it can help an offense, and I think it's crucial to Louisville this year because generally they do have returning pieces. They've got pretty much everything you figured out from one season to the next. This is a different year. It's almost like a Kentucky approach where they're bringing in new guys. They've got freshmen that are expected to make a big impact. Do you buy into the chemistry factor, just being around each other, getting to know one another? Uh, Rick Pitino made a big deal about how last year the team was pretty much broken up into two different groups. Do you put any stock into these summer trips being a good time to get to know your friends and teammates and being buddy-buddy and all that, rainbows and flowers? Oh, I, at 100% yes. You know, when I, when I played in college, we took a team trip to Ireland, and you know, we still... Uh, joke about have inside jokes and talk about some of the things that happen on that trip that you know are not for uh, radio consumption. But it, I mean, but that's that's the biggest thing. Like when you get your team, you have inside jokes and you have them hanging out. They become friends. You know, it it, it just it, it's better for the team environment. It sounds corny, it sounds cliche, but it's just you know it, it's a better thing for the team. I think that. You know, it, it's an aspect that people probably don't really think about all that much, especially when you have guys. Um, that are as new to each other as this Louisville team is. So, I, I, again, I think it's unquestionably a good thing for this team in this situation. And, and you know, I think we're you know, kind of really lucked out with the way this schedule broke down for them and when they were taking this trip. Yeah, I, I agree. You couldn't, again, you get it once every four years. I don't know if you could have picked a better year for Kentucky to do it. I don't know if you could pick a better year for Louisville to do it. It's funny how those things work out, and, and that action gets – underway here not too not too long so we're not too far away from basketball season although football is is closer uh, for fans here we're, in Kentucky. we're so far away from that we're, we're like three months away from basketball season we're not that far it's rob so far. it's so far away and august august is the worst part too because it's not even like we can distract ourselves with recruiting stuff like we can't even go out and watch like harry giles play 
Yeah, you're, you're you right to, about you that. You have to sit but... here and you have to watch scrimmages on like grainy streams online of like overseas games, <laughs> and you have to like fill your time by like paying attention to baseball. How awful is that? Rob, you need to spend all month focusing on fantasy football. I've heard the way you run your roster. Oh, oh, hey, look, man, I, I'm good to go. You want to start talking about it? Let's talk about it. How, how bad? How big is this loss of uh, of uh, Arian Foster? Not bad because not big because I've never I never pick him, so it doesn't bother me. I rarely yeah, get him. He always too. gets hurt. It, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up getting drafted, and also where Alfred Blue gets drafted. His handcuffer. Who do you take? Who do you take number one right now? You got the number one overall pick. Who do you take? Trevor? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd think about it. I don't know. I can't talk about hey, it. Come on. Entertain us, Trevor. <laughs> Marco Murray. You know what? You know, and giggles. you know what? DeMarco Murray? <laughs> That's only because you're a Philadelphia fan, man. Get out of here. Way to, way to pick up the hands. easy. The answer is easy if you, you know if you like if you if you if you like winning your fantasy football league. The answer is really simple. I, I would have a tough time picking against Jamal Charles right now at number one. I can easily pick it. Jamal Charles is. I, I usually stay away from him the same way I stay away again from Marion Foster. Who do you who do you got, Rob? Le'Veon Bell. I don't care that he's missing two games. Yeah, I mean, if if it wasn't for the two games thing, I, I would maybe. He's in the same. I, no, I no, 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 no. You don't want to know why that. You don't want to know why that's silly because the games that he misses are the first two games of the season. And if you're any good, even if you lose those first two games of the season, you're still going to end up making the playoffs. And as long as he's available for the playoffs, you know you're good to go. And what you're getting is the is the the guy that's the best running back in the NFL, the best fantasy running back in the NFL, especially well, if games. you're in a PPR league. Two games. Yeah. Well, well, if you're in you're... a PPR league, you almost look at his teammate. Who's what? Like, why? Why? You, no, no, you don't. Look, you know what? Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Trevor. Trevor. If you if you don't if you don't take Le'Veon Bell, then that means you like music fantasy football games. Well, my second round pick was going to be Justin you Blackman. Don't. So what does that say? <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, just because you guys? Uh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm just gonna stop there. I just figured if I draft him, <laughs> he'd he'd find out somehow, and then we could hang out and be friends. I'm sure yeah, he'd be- you guys. You guys. Have some common interests. Let's put it like that. Yeah, well, that's the case, and, and yeah, there's a lot of people hanging out at my house. <laughs> oh, Rob, thanks, thanks for coming on. We'll talk fantasy football next Tuesday. Yeah, we will. I'm, I'm reading up. I got my. I'm gonna have my top 100. Just don't bring up too much Eddie Lacy. Five or six days, Rob. Just don't, don't, don't go give too much love to Eddie Lacy because TJ's a Packer fan, and I don't need him getting his ego pumped yeah, anymore. Yeah, it yeah. is. You know how much I'll money love- Eddie Lacy has won me the last two years. You know Eddie how much Lacey money zero. <laughs> Eddie Lacy has probably won me. I've I've probably won let's about twenty five hundred dollars the last two years of fantasy football winnings. Eddie Lacy, nice. Well, good. I'll give him. I'll give him. You're I'll wel- give him full you're credit welcome. For that. That's my boy. Don't tell the IRS though. <laughs> I won't. All right. But thanks, Rob. Appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you next week. See you later, guys. I mean, he he kind of opened up the the fantasy football can of worms there, Trevor. I wanted to talk about I think I uh, injected the uh, end of the conversation. He just ran with it. I mean, yeah. it's getting that time. I was gonna, I was gonna talk to you uh, off the air about uh, having uh, some fantasy guy on Friday, maybe with us. I'd be okay with that. It's I've got August, my the person. I mean, this is we got three weeks. We got well, three and a half, maybe four weeks, depending on when your draft is to get everything ready and get all the drafts going. My big weekend is the twenty eighth, 29th, and thirtieth. I got 
four drafts in three days. I'm, I cannot wait. My draft is next Saturday, the 15th. So, uh, I, I, But it, it always kind of throws me back when somebody says, who would you take number one overall? Because my mind is so on keeper league, on my keeper league, that I kind of forget the big picture of, oh, I can have anybody I want. So that's rare for me. Eddie Lacy was my uh, in my dynasty league. I mean, he was my first pick uh, or the second pick in the draft. My first pick when I took over the team. So I do have him on my roster along with hopefully an Adrian Peterson coming back, very angry and ready to run people over. It'll be interesting to see what what Peterson does. We'll talk more about that uh, later on. Maybe maybe this show I, we should probably have time. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk UK wide receivers. It's that it's their day on the position series breakdown. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Sorry, folks. We're closed for two weeks to clean and repair America's favorite family fun park. Sorry. <laughs> Presented by Allen Electric. We watch his program. Buy his toys. We go to his movies. He owes us. We're back here for TV Sports Buzz. It is Movie Tuesday, Trevor, so I should go see Vacation. Uh, you, not, you haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen it. Yeah, oh yeah, for $2 Tuesday. I mean, I went on, I guess, what we considered $2 Tuesday. Last week, you would know it uh, cost me ten fifty because even though it was $2 Tuesday, it was a new movie, so they didn't. It's $5 Tuesday. Or $5 Trevor. Tuesday, my bad. $2 would be probably even nicer. Yeah, go see it. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, you'd like it. Okay. Well, I, I mean, it's worth it's worth five bucks. I mean, it was like I, I think I don't know if I told I give you my room. I mean, it's it was on par with Vegas to me. I mean, it was the best one without Cousin Eddie they've ever done. But that's only you know saying it's better than European. But you know, watching you know crap float in a toilet is better than watching European vacation. European is not that bad. <laughs> it's just not that bad. But it's you not know, that good to, either. <laughs> no, it, I mean, if it's on, I'll watch it. And so ah, that means me. it's good. Nah, it, I, it is. It's it's. Well, I tell you it's what, I, I will say this: I, I, I will give you this, and if you if you like your if you've got that high of uh, respect for European vacation, then yes, uh, you then definitely go see it because you'll definitely like it. It's if you like European that much, then you'll like this one. Good. The, be, the best scene is when they go to the Memphis State and find out uh, his the, the, his wife's back history. That might be the best part of the movie. I'll just spoil you with that only. Okay. Well, good. Let's uh, let's go into our position player. Oh, well, then you just must have to wait for this. Disarm, ready to throw about 2,000 yards next fall. Deep right sideline, got a man. 25, 20, we got a touchdown, Kentucky. Garrett 
Johnson. And let me tell you what, you're looking good. Floats it up the far sideline. Catch made. Javis Blue across the 45. Gets the block. Cuts left at the 50. Look out. He's across the 30. He's across the 20. He's across the 10. 5. Touchdown, Kentucky. 13 starters coming back. 22 Lattleman. Kemp straight ahead. Touchdown, Kentucky. Looking tough. His squad is in the house. Yes, Steps up in the pocket. Slides right at the 10. Sacked! Zadarius Smith. Let's open up the whole can of kick ass and kill them all. Let the paramedics sort them out. Thomas throws far side. Intercepted! Uh oh. Down the far sideline. It's Marcus McWilson. Pick six. Touchdown, Kentucky. You asked for it yesterday, you got it today. Well, that was pretty impressive, Trevor. I liked it. I thought it was wide receiver specific, which made me think that you were going to do specific positions each day, which would be a lot of work, and I wouldn't ask you to do that. Uh, but then you threw in that interception. I was really curious what you're going to do for the offensive line tomorrow if you were doing it specific <laughs> to positions. I don't uh... – I'd have to go into my repertoire of maybe my replacement movie uh, sound bites with our, or maybe a little Sinbad soundbite from Unnecessary Roughness on the offensive line. I, I, it's the only, uh, I think it's the only way I can think of uh, offensive linemen. Now, if we, when we go special teams and kicker, I'm definitely going replacements so I can use the soundbite. Uh, I'm wiry. Well, that, sound, that sounds good to me. Let's hop right in. Wide receiver position, maybe it's right up there with quarterback and running back as possibly the most important position for Kentucky this season. Shannon Dawson wants to run 80, 85 plays a game. If he's going to do that, they're going to be able to move the chains, get first downs, have wide receivers that can catch. And uh, and here's the thing. is We're going to talk more about this. There's not one guy that you can say, okay, well, here's going to be Kentucky's leading receiver. He's the go-to guy. This is the person that will carry Kentucky's receiving well the passing game this is where who's it going to go through there isn't that person this year thought it was touchdown baker but there is really maybe since i've been following kentucky and i said this about the running back position yesterday maybe since i've been covering uh or following uk football it might be the deepest the wide receiver position has ever been Uh, you have a ton of quality guys you have a ton of guys that were highly regarded as recruits. You've had some guys that have made some solid strides during their Kentucky careers. And Trevor, you have to think somebody's going to step up, if not a few people, and Kentucky will have a consistent quality passing game this season. Here's the thing, and this is kind of an age-old question. I mean, is it okay to have four guys that are average to above average and no star or have one star and three below average guys. I mean, it's it's kind of, a, I don't know if the chicken and egg reference is perfect for that, but it's one of those, it's, it's almost a preference. And then with Kentucky, yeah, I agree with you. You have a lot of guys who you look at and go, okay, maybe he can step up. You look at a Baker maybe who was quiet last year, had some drops, but did have a little glimpse of, uh, of the one touchdown catch. You had Garrett Johnson, who you heard in that sound bite right there, uh, that played in the open with a nice uh, touchdown catch, the sophomore. So, and then, of course, Ryan Timmons, who led the team in receptions last year, 45, does return. So you don't really lose anything coming back. Well, you do lose. You, you lose 
DeMarco Robinson and, and Javis Blue, okay. who were big parts of the offense last year. But yeah, but they, they were more big parts because of, of their seniority over guys, I think, like Baker, Bone, and Johnson. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. And, and I think Javis Blue actually was a pretty quality receiver. I think he was skilled, uh, did good things for Kentucky. Not unbelievable, as we saw. Uh, DeMarco Robinson, I think, was just a... He's what Kentucky had, and they had to use him. He had experience. He knew the offense. He knew what he was supposed to do, and that's and really that was the extent. I, I think he is very easily replaceable. I think Javis Blue is as well, but he was pretty talented. He was skilled. I don't know if we really if if Kentucky scratched his potential, just how good he may be in the NFL. Even you know, I'm not saying he's going to be. Uh, and uh, he's with the Packers, which is nice. I'm not saying he's going to be an awesome receiver, but it wouldn't be surprise me if he stuck on a roster and had a, a, a decent NFL career. Uh, but Demarco Robinson easily replaceable. And, and to your point, I, I I agree with you. Although I kind of played devil's advocate and disagreed with you, but I do think that Kentucky will be able to have other guys step up. And two names that that nobody are really talking about because they missed last season with injury is Jeff Bidette and Alexander Montgomery who during their freshman years, you have to go back two years ago, showed a lot of promise. And they're looking to be healthy. They're looking like they're, they can come back and provide even more depth. So it is a long list of players that could step up for UK. Not even to, we haven't even mentioned the true incoming freshman. And there's going to be one true in- incoming freshman that I'm not going to mention because I've got a feeling that he may not make it to campus. Uh, but you're going to have Tavon Richardson and Jabari Greenwood who have great size for wide receivers that could come in and make an impact. And there's one, and there's one guy I'm surprised you haven't said him yet, and I'm kind of curious unless there's something that I'm not aware of. But I'm also going to say, I mean, the redshirt freshman and uh, Thaddeus uh, Snodgrass, I mean, a, a big recruit, not a big guy necessarily, 6'1", 190, but a decent name recruit coming in that you would think maybe this could be, you know, how much impact he'll make as a redshirt freshman. Not a lot. I would not expect him to come out and, you know, blow the doors off the – off the place, but to, at least to be to, to show flashes. That's all you'd want from a young guy like that, and to see the progression, especially when you have nice size on your outside and Baker and Bowen. I mean, you're talking about six five and six three, respectively, both about two hundred pounds. That can that's a that's nice size that you can put going over the middle for a guy like the Tolls to find. And then you've got got then you've got your smaller, maybe more speedsters in, in your Ryan Timmons, who at least showed he can catch forty five passes last year. If he even stays at that level and doesn't progress and other players do take three, two to three steps forward, it's already an improved receiving core, if you ask me. Yeah, and it's it's like, if Trevor, if you went to a restaurant that had a ginormous menu, is, yeah, there might be a lot of things on there you don't like, but when you have that many options, you're going to you're gonna find something that, that fits your appetite. Kentucky's going to find a receiver, that's and probably a few of them, that are going to stand out and be able to make an impact. Because if they don't, if and this is the first time Stoops has been able to do this on offense and maybe even with a, a specific position for his entire UK coaching career, where if some if it's not working out with a guy, he can easily replace them. And what are you going to get out of the replacement? You're not 100% sure, but I think you feel good about it. I mean, there are 10 to 12 guys here 
who can make a solid contribution for Kentucky. And, and Ryan Timmons, I, I think he does need to be the leader, not necessarily in a receptions or a statistic standpoint. I'm not saying he has to lead Kentucky in receptions or yards or touchdowns or anything along those lines, but I do think he needs to be the leader on the offense, the, the guy that can tell players what they need to do and can showcase it uh, through his leadership, through examples. He's not the just oldest the receiver on the team, is he not? I mean, he's a junior. I don't think you even have, do you have a senior wide receiver on this roster. There is no senior wide receiver on this roster that is going to get significant time. Uh, I mean, there, so there's some walk on. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. that doesn't count. So, uh, no, 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 no offense to the walk ons out there, but you, you're not real human beings. So, well, I mean, it's a, <laughs> so, but you're right though. It is a young wide receiving core, and he does have to be the guy that steps up and says, hey, I've played everywhere they're going to play this year. He's played there. Uh, he knows He knows what to expect in the SEC. He knows what to expect in out-of-conference games. He knows what to expect against Louisville in a rivalry setting. Uh, so he does. If he, he doesn't necessarily have to lead in numbers, like I said, but he does need to be the leader on the field. And and there's there are so many weapons. We don't you know Blake Bone is a huge wide receiving target. Kentucky's also going to have options. They're gonna they're gonna be able to have some red zone packages where you could theoretically put Blake Bone on one end and Alexander Montgomery, both that are huge huge wide receivers, and just make the defense choose. Okay, uh, they're likely going to throw fades both ways. Who do we want to double? Who do we want to double team? Now, that, but but that but to be hostile play, that was actually which Nick thinks I do so well. You got to hang on to those balls too. That was one of the problems last year. You saw where the size was effective for Kentucky in certain situations, especially when I, tell you what, I was going through the highlight reels, some highlight clips, going for tolls highlights, and I went to a, one of the Mississippi State and Florida game of the two games I looked for right away, and I honestly felt like I had to watch more highlight clips than I should have had to because of drop passes by wide receivers that could have been nice highlight clips to use in that open. Yeah, well, hold on to the ball is important for, for <laughs> wide receivers anyway. It's, it's, so it's a little bit of an important thing, yeah. That's I mean. something that they need to obviously be sure on. A guy that I really like and has a what you want of an SEC wide receiver in terms of his body and the style of how he plays, but he also had a few drops and he wasn't as consistent, and he wasn't showcasing the offense as much as you would have thought, was Dorian Baker, the touchdown maker. Uh, he, uh, But he, he will be coming into his second year. He'll probably be a bit more experienced. I think he may be, while I'm saying it's going to be a very balanced and deep wide receiver position, uh, you're going to have some guys have big games and other guys have really quiet games, I think he might have the highest ceiling of any of the wide receivers on this team where where you could go into next season and you could say, okay, Dorian Baker's the guy for Kentucky at the wide receiver position. He's going to be the guy that defenses are going to put their best cornerbacks on and everything else is going to fall into place uh, after that. Um, this year, you can't say that yet, but he is kind of my wild card pick to be the best receiver on this team. But if you're Kentucky and you're a UK fan, I think you should feel really excited about uh, how much depth you have at this position. So many quality guys, a lot of guys that do different things. It's not like they have nothing but small, tiny slot receivers like it was the case you know, a few years ago. Uh, they're going to be able to balance it out with some bigs, with some quick, speedy guys, and also just some of your basic receivers that can do it both. So. Uh, if you're Shannon Dawson, I think you're inheriting a good thing here. And if I, and, and now, while I think this receiving core will be improved from last year, I would at least, for Kentucky fans' sake, I hope it's improved from last year in terms of the consistency. I don't expect one guy to be 
the the best receiver on the field week in and week out all year. I not you don't have it, and not this, this high ceiling, but like a Devonte Parker, where you know each game he's going to get his seven or eight catches. He's going he's going to make a play at some point. I don't think you'll see that consistency from one guy in this season, week in and week out. You'll see, you know, one week you'll see a Blake Bone look, you know, have a solid game. And then next week, it'll, he might not be as impressed. He might only have a catch or two. And then Ryan Timmons has a big game. But by the end of the year, I think you'll know going in, especially with everyone coming back, likely for not this season but next, especially even with Timmons being the only really upperclassman, junior, most of them sophomores and freshmen or redshirt freshmen or less. I think after this season, that's going into the next year is when we look back at this season and go, okay, this guy was had you know five good games he was the most consistent. He's the guy that steps up and is the number one guy next year. I think this answers that question for the season following. Yeah, so saying that Kentucky doesn't have a Devontae Parker, you don't you don't see a number fourteen draft pick well, or, uh, on, <laughs> yeah. on UK's roster next I, again. That, that that's that's setting the bar a little high. Maybe it's about saying that I agree, uh, but but I think my point was that there's not a guy, even whether he's a first round, second round, third round pick, that you go into this this every game going okay. We expect Ryan Timmons to have a solid game. We expect Ryan Timmons, even though Timmons had, I think, the same amount of receptions as Devontae Parker did last year, even though Parker didn't play the first four or five games. So, I mean, I, don't, I just don't see that in this team. I don't see anyone at the level well, to be the consistent week-in and week-out guy this year. But now that doesn't that we'll, mean it's, that won't that's be That's something we'll find out. Yeah, uh, but we'll, that's what I think we'll get answered for the following season. Let me ask you this one question, though. Do we include tight ends in this? Because no, I, we do I, not. I mean, we're going to do tight ends separately. Oh, really? They're going to get their whole. They're going. They're going to get their whole segment because that's going to be a short segment. It, well, it'll be a short segment if it has to be a short segment. But it, it really is an important position for Kentucky tight end is, and it's one that they have had zero, zero production uh, over. I don't know. Sting's kid was pretty good last year, right? That whole four catches for thirty-three yards. Yeah, <laughs> they have had. Just imagine any football team at any level having a hole at a position for eight years, seven years, since Jacob Tammy in 2017, Kentucky has not had a viable option at tight end. And before That's then was what, James crazy. Whalen maybe? Before Jacob Tammy? Yeah, was it James Whalen? Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I would guess you're getting before my time. That's not a good sign if I'm going before your time and I'm only naming one other guy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, we'll we'll talk tight ends tomorrow. It seems like that long ago. It, it may be it may be a shorter segment, but pretty much to to sum things up on UK's receiver I, uh, position, I, I it's not going to be the weakness that it has been the past few years for Kentucky. I think you've got a lot of options, and I think you could find yourself in a situation if things work out the way I think they're going to work out, where next year you could talk about Kentucky similar to the running back position, Trevor. Having maybe one of the the better wide receiving cores in the SEC, not the top one, maybe not even top three, but but potentially top five, and that's just, it's crazy to think about. That maybe they're not there yet, but I think the pieces are in place. It should be a much more fun year for Patrick Tolls, uh, for UK fans that are that that enjoy seeing the ball go through the air, and just the wide receivers in general because I do think they're going to be. Much improved, but tomorrow we'll talk tight ends. By, by the way, the, the, James Whalen wasn't that far ahead of your time. Nineteen ninety nine, he was consensus All American, so I think that counts. Ninety catches, a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. That's pretty damn good tight end season. That is good. Uh, that, that is was good. Ninety nine. That was the you, the air. You also raid. have to remember, I was eight years old in nineteen ninety nine. No, don't give me excuses. <laughs> yeah, 
You 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 probably pretty smart as an eight year old. I I turn off Nickelodeon and turn on Waylon highlights. I went to football. I was watching sports at eight and nine years old. I mean, granted, half, was, a, half the sports I was watching was one half was basketball, the other half was wrestling. Oh, I I watched sports when I was eight or nine too. But if you want me to remember the players that I that uh, just a kind of above average tight end that played for Kentucky. I'm not going to, I can tell you Brett Favre. I can tell Ooh, you the first time. Now don't uh, say above average or James Whalen. That's going to make the true Kentucky football fans angry. I can tell you about uh, the time that I met Brett Favre and I got screwed out of an autograph and, and almost, and, and did cry actually. I was a, I was, I remember watching Favre throw the helmet pass against Louisville off of uh, avoiding Ted Washington and throwing the, the pass that, uh, that bounced off the uh, Sam Madison's helmet and, Southern Miss scored a 60-yard touchdown to win the game against Louisville. The Brett Favre yeah, that, was pretty, year. that was pretty cool. No, it wasn't, actually. It was, it was the opposite of that. It was completely uncool. That was pretty cool. That was my boy, Brett Favre, beating Louisville. That was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're running out of time on today's show. It seems like American Pharaoh, we talked about him yesterday, yesterday. he is planning on racing in the in the Travers. And that's, uh, that's that takes Trevor, place. by the way. It, it, that that takes place in Saratoga. That could be his next race. That is in late August, which would there there are plenty of races he could potentially race in. But if he races in that one, that would leave two months until the Breeders' Cup. So it, it would make you think, Trevor, that he could race not only in that one but maybe even another one after that. Because I don't know if they'd want to rest him for two months before one of the bigger races of his career. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact extent of, of how long you rest a horse, but I could see too much. Maybe, maybe one more race. I mean, if anything, you're just giving cameos at racetracks and, you know, having him come out and do the equivalent of waving his hand and saying hi to the crowd, you know, kind of like Jimmy Dugan had to do when he was manager of the women's baseball team. And then he walks back into the stable and, you know, passes out like Jimmy Dugan would do. So, uh, I mean, maybe that much. I don't know if you really have to race. I mean, there's no reason to, to – I'm all for getting him out there on the track. But, I mean, there's no reason that you have to race extensively. Just, I mean, pick and choose your battles and few and far between. And, and two months isn't that bad of a gap as long as he's doing a little – doing the country tour at least. To, to, well, what do you think would be better, him doing taking a two-month break between racing or if he raced again and then you would end up having – him run four times in a span from August to the end of October. What's, I, mean, what's I, one, I can't what's imagine that being that much. One, I mean, running four times in that that long a span. I mean, they they are horses. I mean, they that they can run. I mean, they're pretty good athletes. I mean, they're not like you know, it's, it's thousands of pounds, you know, thousand pound beast. I think he can rest up and run another race in two months. Yeah, well, I, that. Then again, but I prospect that's why I never understood the, day, the whole. Trevor, horses horses were meant to run a lot, and they were they were had no problem running on on short rest. Nowadays, they're not really bred or trained to run as much. Four races in a three month span, I don't think that would. I, I think that should he should be okay there. Again, you are risking uh, maybe a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars stud fee now. That if he were to lose or be injured, uh, you could see that significantly decreased yeah, but, but, I mean, but even at the end of his leg you tell me he still can't stud i mean come on uh, if, just lie if, there i do a lot of a lot of horses if they injure their leg they're done they can't live uh, other parts of their body start to shut down and get infected that's what happened with barbaro and they this, spent this millions this, millions of dollars to try to keep that horse alive this isn't a this isn't a high school class it's not your leg that used to stud i don't have to tell you that 
It might look like a leg, but it's not. We're out of time on today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Rob coming on. Trevor, yeah, it was all right. We'll see you tomorrow, 1450, the Sports Buzz. They say welcome to the 502. Take a Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest Classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget 27, don't be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of Tron. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the veal to BG in my zone. Let me hear you say high time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. People always trying to tell me how to run my life When they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right on oh.